1: Com. Mm. The Sports Complex, afternoons five to seven. Woo! Hell yeah! On the horn,
0: <laughs> hour two on the Sports Complex on a Monday afternoon. Text sign still open. 512-447-3776. Who is your MVP against Tech, and what's your confidence level going in to the Big 12 Championship against Oklahoma State? Send those in. We'll have an NFL poll coming up here in just a few minutes. I want to ask you about some NFL stuff, too, as we get uh, further and further into the NFL season. Uh, we're also going to talk about some Texas basketball. Texas men's was in action on Sunday over the weekend. Texas women's basketball was in action and put up some serious points. Uh, They put up some serious points there. And of course, lots and lots of NFL action happening. We'll get into all of that and including your text here on the sports complex in hour two. Uh, I do want to bring up uh, the Texas women's team. If we did not, you did not hear they were playing in the reef division of the uh, classic. And I can't remember the name of the classic, but it's a, if I can look it up real quick. Give me a second. Bear with me as I remember the Paradise Jam. The Paradise Jam was uh, where I believe it's in the Bahamas, and they were playing in that tournament. They had three games they were scheduled to play. They handled their business. They played Arizona State. They won 84-42. to Then they take on High Point. High Point they beat 101-39, to Vic Schaefer really must have been getting on him that day. And then they go on to play South Florida in day three, 76 to 44, get the win there. Texas women's looking good uh, as they continue rolling through the non-conference opponents in front of them, getting ready for some big 12 play coming up for these Texas women's team. Texas men's team is going as well. They're playing right now. Uh, They played Wyoming on Sunday. And, you know, you have the game against UConn where you go down and, you you know, you play Madison Square Garden. You don't necessarily shoot well there. Uh, the shooting did pick up in this game. They at least shot 55% from the field, 40% from three-point land uh, throughout the game. It was not a great shooting from three-point. Uh, they were one for five in the second half, so the shooting percentage did go down a little bit against Wyoming. They do get the win, 86-63 to 63 in this. So Texas did handle their business. They were able to get away and get the win uh Caden Shedrick once again had a good game 17 points 7 for 10 Dylan Mitchell 6 for 11 with 12 points seeing those two guys be able to continue to put up points when Dylan DeSue is out is a really good sign as well uh you also saw Max Acemns his shooting did pick back up a little bit more 8 for 14 from the field and 3 of 6 for uh, 3 for Max Acemns he led the team in scoring with 23 and Itio Horton Horton Put up uh, two for two from three-point land. Tyrese Hunter didn't hit a three. He did pretty well in doing some other scoring. Uh, So it was a pretty balanced attack. They are finding their eight-man rotation. Once Dylan DeSue gets in, we will see how much uh, Onyema stays playing. Chris Johnson is still getting some reps. I think they're going to try and get him, uh, figure out where they can use him uh, as the season goes on because he is a good young talent and you want to see if he starts to get it. And I think if his practice he continues to grow in practice. He's still a freshman, so it's going to take him a little bit of time. But if he continues to grow and show that what he can play, then you may see Chris Johnson get a little bit more playing time. Kendall Weaver got in too and got in foul trouble, which means that Chris Johnson got a little bit more playing time. They did shoot 12 of 13 for free throws, which is a good sign going forward. Uh, the problem was they did have too many turnovers in this game. 14 turnovers is more than you want to have against a Wyoming team. Uh, they actually had more turnovers than Wyoming did. Uh, they did Wyoming's uh, assist to turnover ratio is still garbage. They were 7 assists and in in 12 turnovers. But Texas goes 15 assists, 14 turnovers. Not a great ratio. Not what you want to see in that game. So it was not a perfect game for Texas coming back. It was a, you know It's the weekend after Thanksgiving. We'll take a little break. They do take on Texas State on Thursday. So that will be the next game to check out. Uh, but that big game against Marquette is coming up soon. And against Shaka Smart. That will be their next really big test to see where they match with the big guns of college basketball before we get to Big 12 play. We'll also see when Dylan DeSue, we have not heard much of a word of when Dylan DeSue may be returning to the court. They know they're playing, erring on the side of caution, not just for this year is what they've said, but for his future career. So when we see Dylan DeSue back in, because there's going to be a growing pains and growing time between him and Shedrick and Mitchell, uh, Brock Cunningham will most likely return to the bench at that point. He's been starting. Uh, because I think he's just a little bit more consistent, less turnovers. Uh, Onyema brings some good energy, but you can have him bring that energy off the bench. Uh, but I think there's going to be a little bit of growing pains of Shedrick and DeSue figuring out where they fit on the court. I'm sure he's been practicing some, uh, but has not been playing uh, fully. Uh, let's get back to the text line. 512-447-3776. Uh, uh, Lance from Hutto says, MVP is Sark for finally actually going all gas and no breaks. I'm 95% sure we win the chip unless our defense disappears like it did versus OU. Uh, I think we're just different than we were then. I think you are a much different team. I talked about it a little bit earlier. I think Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy kind of taking over as leaders of this room, where I think it was more a linebacker-led room early, and you maybe had, you know, the safeties had some, some say in there with the uh, Jalen Catalan, which was a, a veteran guy coming in, that now you have that defensive line that's playing so well that everyone can kind of work around that. And then we also saw, and I'm going to play this sound too here uh, in a little bit from Hook'em Up With Ian Robbie, talking about how aggressive Texas defense was. And I think they get away from being aggressive because they're worried about giving the stuff over the top. The team's been playing better and communicating better, so you are now able to kind of take a little bit more of those risks and go play aggressive, and it is working out really well for Texas. Uh, Texter says, uh, Malik was MVP for getting hurt and enabling the kid to go in. Oh, come on. Come on. I Look, we all wanted to see Arch Manning, but, yeah, look, I hope Malik's good. They said Malik uh, – Arch, uh, Sark said that Malik – uh, practice today so he should be good. And uh it says it's two left Steve. I'm not sure if you're referring to uh, how many games? Hopefully there's three games left for Texas. Hopefully there's three games. Uh this Texas Popcorn man it says happy for the Longhorns but seeing that blowout Friday I can't help but imagine what a season long fourth quarter football would have looked like. Huge big step forward. Yeah, I you know, you want to go back and say you know, what what could have been, what you know, could have would have should have I get it? This is a team that I don't know if many people had being actually a one loss team and going to the Big 12 championship. I know you really wish that loss had been to anyone but Oklahoma, but in the reality, you'd rather your loss be against a good team than, you know, dropping a stupid one to Iowa State or dropping a stupid one to Tech or dropping a stupid one to whatever other one. I, I get it, Oklahoma's not the greatest team this year, but they're still uh, just out of the top 10. They're a top 15 team still. So to have that loss, you know. I know it hurts because it's uh, it's a rival, but it's probably the best team other than Alabama you could have lost to. If you lose to Alabama, you're not ranked above them. They're ahead of you, and you're further out of that college football playoff ranking right now. Uh, Chan says, special teams and Keelan sparked us. They get my MVP vote. Keelan Robinson had a really big game with that with the pass backwards pass touchdown uh, early in the game. It was great to see him get that, and then you throw in the uh, the touchdown return. Those two plays are huge and and just really momentum grabbing plays. So I, I'm with you, Chan. I think Keelan had a really good game as well. It's hard. It's a hard one this time because there's so many good players. Uh, I feel a thousand times better facing OSU rather than OU. Forty-one seventeen. Text it's Texas from this texter. Yeah, I mean you. Look, if you want to believe that this is a college football playoff team, you have to believe you can beat Oklahoma. That's the reality. So, you know, you get it and you just go, it's a harder test. I think Oklahoma State's still a test because they are a second-half team. I was watching uh, the Alabama game. My buddies, we had the Oklahoma State game on, and they were down at halftime, and I told everyone in the room, I go, the easiest money you're going to make right now is take is take Oklahoma State to cover whatever that second half is. Because that's what they've been doing the last seven weeks is covering the second half and playing really, really well in the second half. Texas is going to have to continue to be aggressive uh, and, and really fight off those that team because they are going to come for Texas uh, for four quarters. And it's going to be important for Texas to do that. Uh, Murphy accepted the senior bowl invite. Is he allowed to play and still come back? I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. I don't know. Uh, if you take the senior bowl invite, are you still allowed to go? I know if you don't get representation, you're still allowed to come back, but I don't know if you're allowed to play in those bowl games twice or what their what the rules are because it was a new law passed or a new thing passed by the NFL just this season. So I don't know. I'm assuming Byron Murphy's going to leave. Uh, there's a hope that you could say, well, Byron, look at what Tavondre Sweat did to take him up to now possibly first-round pick. So maybe he would stay, but I think he's been playing so well, as uh, too, that it may be that he says, you know what, screw it, I'm, let's go, and I'm not going to have sweat next to me next year to help me look really good. So, uh, you know, I, 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 I would hope, you hope he stays, but also at the same point, uh, I don't know if that's, that's a sure thing. Uh, chief engineer. Our man, chief engineer, says this is a total team win. No individual had double-digit catches. No one had double-digit tackles. Blue got a one hundred uh, twenty-one. Robinson got on it on returns. Everyone played with well. Dustly, a team win. Everyone aid from punter to position, from punter position on. Great talent at depth was shown. Uh, I feel a lot better about next year. A lot of key seniors are leaving the first year of SEC play. I agree with you on that one. It did make you feel a little bit better. Arch could use another offseason of strength conditioning, still kind of has awkward teenage body, no rush, no rush young blood. Full season of SEC will require physical toughness, and he did. We saw his We saw his shirtless picture earlier in the year. He's got some muscles. He's continuing to grow, and we see he's he's the most ready in a sense of he's been training for this for so long that he's trained with really high level people for so long, but it is. You just takes time and it takes a little bit of playing time to get in there. And I think, you know, scrimmage wise, being that second, third string guy, I don't know if he's had the time where he really needs to play with the best guy. Uh you know Gundy wants this so bad. I know he does. He wants a lot of things. And he wants a lot of things that you know, he's not going to get, he also doesn't want an IL and he doesn't want the transfer portal. And that thing's happened too. So we just let everything else happen with him. Uh, Chief engineer also says confidence is eight out of 10. Believe this squad wants it bad. And that has a fortitude to go one game at a time. Focus on the win. Won't get dazzled by the gift bags and seen not a full 10 because Gundy is a tricky old goat. who will pull every single angle. known to man to pull it out. The win. don't trust that shysty looking full. Uh, yeah, I like all that. I look, it is Oklahoma State. We know that they're going to be a difficult team to play. We know that they're going to come out and bring out all the guns. But again, I feel this is a matchup kind of like I was, uh, kind of like uh, Texas Tech where you feel this team is a team that what they want to do kind of plays into what Texas does well. So they're going to have to try and game plan it and work it. And I know they had to work hard enough to get you know, through and get to the tournament, they also they all get to the Big 12 championship. They also are a team that makes great halftime adjustments. Sark doesn't always. That's kind of the most worrying thing is how many of these fourth quarter and third second half comebacks they have had. That worries you the most. But if Texans go out there and play their game and keep the momentum, that was the biggest thing. I think Sark may have learned kicking field goals is a momentum gainer. You know, you think that it's not, but getting stopped on fourth down kills your momentum, and it hurt them in a lot of games this season. And we also get a pancake factory. Dude, it took me five years in the industry to hit 50K a year. That's a solid NIL. It is. It is. It really, really is. All right. Let's let's uh, let's talk a little NFL before we get to break, and we'll get back to more of your text messages. Uh, just a couple things to throw in about the NFL. Uh, the Commanders uh, lose to the Cowboys. 45-10 to Cowboys win. Deron Bland sets history with his fifth pick six in a season. Uh, this defense is playing at a really high level. We know they have a, it's not a short week because they played on Thursday and they're going to play on another Thursday, but they are playing a Thursday game. Uh, I, you know, you're starting to worry. This is the stretch of five games in a row where you're going to have to play some better teams, the issue I had in this game is you win 45-10. to 10. You only run the ball 18 times, 16 times with your back. I get you threw the ball to Pollard six times. You threw it to Rico Dottle on a touchdown. I get you're using your backs out of the backfield. I'd like to see you try and run the ball a little bit more. Pollard was averaging 6.1 yards per carry when you're running the ball. I just don't like that you cannot run the football because you don't want to overuse Tony Pollard and you refuse to go sign another back and you keep playing Rico Dottle, which we like Rico Dottle but because you have Deuce Vaughn, it just doesn't seem like it's, it seems like it's going to come back and bite at some point this season that you can't run 20 run plays in a game when you're up 45-10. to 10. That seems like a problem, but a good win. They took care of the business they needed to. That's the important thing for the Cowboys is we know this five-game stretch is coming up, and if you dropped one of those ones before it, one of the kind of give me's before you got to this five-game run, it was going to be a rough run. But now you feel like you could win three or four even out of these games. We'll see when they go up against Seattle on Thursday how they look. Uh, but the Cowboys looking better right now. Maybe you're just drinking a little bit more of the Kool-Aid, but, or maybe I am. But uh, I, I still don't have a ton of faith in this team to compete in the playoffs without a full run game. I think you need to have one. I don't trust that Dak Prescott is going to be the guy once you start playing elite defenses. However, they're doing pretty well right now. Uh, and the Jaguars uh, beat the Texans twenty four to twenty one in that game. The referees were terrible; they were awful. They missed a call, and this is one of the games where you can't even tell by the announcers that because they missed a call on the Texans that re- resulted in a touchdown. The Texans come down and score, and so they the the announcers are all upset about it. And then they consistent they insisted to call every single time a uh, Texans player touched a Jaguars wide receiver over and over again. Let the Jaguars just march down the field and get a couple scores. Uh, it was a uh, you know, we saw again, Texans could not run the ball. Another one of their problems. They uh, had 11 rushes for 32 yards. That, that is just not going to be able to go. And uh, they still need it. And their kicker is on the IR. Just a lot of holes for this Texans team where you feel that they're not that far away from being a really good team, but it may not be their year and, and the rookie season. They'll still be good, but I don't know if they're going to be a playoff team this year. Uh, I think they may need another year to kind of address some of these problems and start to figure it out. But it looks... Like they have a bright future in Houston, but it may not be this year after that game. I think if they beat the Jaguars, you can look at it and say, okay, well, they're finding a way to win. Uh, they just weren't able to. It was a missed field goal. That was a long one. I know you kind of want to put the ball in C.J. Stroud's hands there as well on a fourth down instead of trying to kick with a guy who never made a 50-plus yard field goal. Those are young decisions by, by D'Amico Ryans. He made some question ones. He's learning as well, uh, but a frustrating game. Well, let's just say a frustrating game to watch. For the, for the Texans fans, uh, we have Bears and Vikings tonight. Vikings are three point favorites. Vikings are six and five to remember. I know this is a, te- a matchup. Uh, Justin Jefferson's hurt. Kirk Cousins is out for the season, but Josh Dobbs is in there. He's won two out of the last three games, or they're two and one with Josh Dobbs since he started. Uh, they're, they're not, they're, they have two games of the Lions ahead. The Lions are only two games ahead of them. This Vikings team is very much into it. The Bears team isn't. This Bears team looks really, really bad. So, that takes us to what happened today with the Panthers. The Panthers fire Frank Reich. I don't know. It was not the right hire. Luckily, David Tepper has all the money in the world, so he has no problem paying off a coach and going out and getting another one. Now, you can't keep firing head coaches and getting good ones. The Texans got really lucky that D'Amico Ryans wanted to come to Houston, that that Cal McNair had a relationship with D'Amico Ryans, and that D'Amico Ryans loved the city and and it played there. So, they were able to get a really good young coach, uh, even though they had fired a coach in a couple years. But the Panthers now, that is not an attractive head coaching job because you don't have your first-round pick next year. You traded that to get up to get Bryce Young, and now they don't know what Bryce Young's going to be. We know the Raiders have already fired Josh McDaniels. Antonio Pierce may keep that job. We don't know. The Bears are probably tanking out and going to fire Everflu uh, so he's probably gone. The commanders and Ron Rivera seem like that is a uh, – that's going to end the run. He's already thrown away Jack Del Rio and, and scapegoated him. It seems like that's gone. And Brandon Staley has to be fired, right? Brandon Staley has to be fired. There's no way he's coming back. I, I He's just awful. He's just an awful coach. He should not be coaching in the NFL at a, at a at a head coach level. He can be a defensive coordinator, sure, but not a head coach level. He's just awful. So if we know those are jobs that are probably going to be available, the Panthers, the Raiders, the Bears, the Commanders, and the Chargers. Asking you guys on the text line, I always see got more texts to get to. We're going to get to them in the next segment. 512-447-3776. What to you is the most attractive job next season? In the NFL, what is the most attractive job for you? And you have to be a real team. You can't just be like, oh, the best, you know, this team is the team I'd really love to go. Coach, is it the Chargers with all their, you know, with they have a lot of talent, but seem to have a massive culture problem. Commander's got a new rich owner. You can go there. The Bears got two, are probably going to have two top five draft picks. So maybe you want to go there and rebuild it for the Bears. We know uh, the Panthers are not probably that team. But what was you, what to you is the most attractive job in the NFL next season? Send that in 512 447 3776. You haven't said who your MVP was for Texas, send that in too. And what's your confidence level going into the Big 12 championship? We're going to take a break, come back, and finish reading up some text. going to play some sound about Texas aggressive defense in the game. All that coming up here on the Sports Complex in the Horn 1019, Aim 1260, the Horn app, and HornFM.com.
1: Hey, it's Aaron Hogan with the Horn here in Austin. Craig Davis and the Sports Complex weekday afternoons on The Horn. Every day
0: Back on the Sports Complex here on the Horn. Playing some Jimi Hendrix all week, says today would have been Jimi Hendrix's birthday. We're keeping it rolling all week long. Text line's open, 512-447-3776, 512-447-3776 is the text line. How is OK State able to move ahead of OU for the Big 12 championship game when OU is 10-2? Oklahoma State is only all two uh, Big 12 games as well. They're both two losses in uh, the Big Twelve, and Oklahoma State has beaten Oklahoma, so easy enough solution there. Uh, I, the uh, the uh, non conference schedule does not matter uh, when you're talking about the conference championship, which is why Texas could have been in that conversation as well because they would have had two conference losses as well, so they could have been out. But that's that is the reason is uh, it's about conference games uh, for the Big Twelve championship. Man Lorenzo says I would say the MVP is the whole culture because without that culture we wouldn't we wouldn't finally be showing how dominant we can be it's 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 definitely a very cool thing to see how this culture has changed and what it looks like now and and what it's built to and you hope it continues to grow with the new teams I know Sark was asked today uh, about the transfer portal and looking at other guys and part of what he said was they have to fit our culture they have to be a guy that we can come in we don't feel like we're going to mess things up by bringing them in Uh, but yes I, I agree with you there Lorenzo Uh, and save the handle Jordan from Round Rock. Jordan from Round Rock, thank you for texting in. I appreciate that one. Uh how does uh, Oklahoma State match up to as compared to uh OU? They did not have the quarterback of Dylan Gabriel, which was a big problem for us. Uh they don't necessarily have the talent defensively either. Uh they play a good second half team, but they are not uh they're not fully they they're not as scary as OU was for us because OU has really dynamic players. And dynamic players can make big plays on Texas and change the momentum. I don't know if the defensive line for OSU is that way either. They're going to fight hard. Uh, They're a scrappy team. They're going to go hard at you. Uh, We'll get more into it as we get further into the week. I believe we're going to have a special show on Friday as well. uh, Really pumping up. And talking about this with some special guests and, and everything on Friday. So that's I don't know if it's been announced yet. So I don't want to, you know, let the let the cat out of the bag before it's been announced. But that we're working on something for a Friday show uh, to give you a really good preview. And then of course there's a pregame show that'll be happening here on the Horn as well to give you as much preview and get you ready for Oklahoma State as we can get to. Uh Texter says, random texter number 69 says, so hoping for some happy recap sports talk next Monday, but since I'm usually still driving home at this hour, what am I going to be listening to at 6.20 p.m. next Monday? Patrick on earlier for a good move. Patrick not on replaced with the radio knob, but a 76.7 drive time. Bad. I apologize, random texter 69. We are moving the show 4 to 6 p.m. starting next week. Uh, it, it's, it, it is, the response we've gotten is that most people have asked for it to be moved forward, that People are driving earlier and earlier, and we're missing a large part of the, the audience because we're starting later, and they're already home, and we're, we're playing to a lot of uh, nobody in basically the now. There's no less people on the line now, and people are listening at their house. So uh, I do appreciate you listening. Uh, we'll try and get those podcasts up quicker for you now that we're off earlier, and maybe you can go back and listen to the podcast version. Maybe that's a solution. If that's something you want to do, I, we'll, we'll, we'll try and figure out a way for you. Uh, texter says, uh, for the question of where do you think people are going, Jim Harbaugh to the Panthers, uh, I would say the Bears would be more likely for Harbaugh because he played for the Bears, but he could. I mean, if nobody else wants him, that could be a way to go uh, for, tech, for, for the Panthers. I think they may try and stick with an NFL coach. They may have gotten burned uh, with the Matt Rule and may not want to go that way, but we'll see what they end up doing. Uh, Carrie from Georgetown says, yeah, we'll use max standard line. We are young. All my tech buds in last year, all roads lead to Lovick." And a comment more on this is Hub City, which all roads go to Lubbock, which if they do, if you look at a map. And the Texas A&M job is not. The Texas a job is gone. Elko from from Duke is was announced today. So the, the Texas A&M job is gone. They're, they hired a coach. They did not get Ryan Day. All those reports that we kept seeing over the weekend, I appreciate that. Uh, you 're shocked that staley's still coaching says this text or I am as well ninety percent confidence ten percent not only because of possible trickeration and that we have zero to lose they have zero to lose uh, We should do them like tech though I appreciate that text I agree with that one uh the panthers because you don 't want you don 't uh, want the big market to appease can 't do worse where they 're uh, they in the standings so anything you do will be better and in a bad division you wouldn't have to be that great uh, to have a chance to win the division Matt in round rock. i uh, I don't. I think there's part of that, but also you understand he just fired a coach, uh, 11 games into his tenure. That is a tenured head coach in the NFL. So this, I, I get it. But I think that if you don't achieve, if you're a six-win team, you're getting fired too, probably in a year or two. So there is expectations if you take the Carolina job. I would not say that that. Would, I think the Chargers job, Brandon Staley, still has his job, and you have Justin Herbert there. You have a lot of talent on that team. Now, if you can get him to keep Austin Eckler and all that is going to be a question, but uh, we don't know uh, where we can get there. Lorenzo also says, confidence level is at a nine. If we can stop that stupid offensive flags and do what OSU did, we, will, we did the tech. Make me believe we're a solid 10 for a playoff berth. Uh, WPI Parts Guy says, confidence level, how about a Ric Flair? Woo! Uh, do we think we're going to lose anybody in the portal? Of course we will, and we'll get some other guys back out of it. Uh, We also says MVP, the DKR crowd. Yes, that DKR crowd was uh, electric, and uh, that is a very cool thing. And no current NFL coach would want to work for Tepper is what Chief Engineer says, and Harbaugh is better suited for the Bears. (laughs) <laughs> P.D., I'm going to be a little disappointed if I can't give Jacob some crap this Friday. He may, look, if we have the show on Friday, he may come in on Thursday. We're going to have Jacob. I try and get Jacob in at least once a week. And, and going forward, I'm going to have Jacob come in a little bit more. I'm enjoying hanging out with him. Once we get past football season and having the Longhorns talk about in football where we don't have a game every single week, I think Jacob's going to start coming in a little bit more to hang out uh, and hang out on the sports complex and talk with you guys. So you have plenty of time to talk to a man, Jacob Standard, uh, Chief Engineer. Don't worry about that. I want to play this sound, though, before we get out of here. Uh, about uh, Rod talking about the aggressiveness of this Texas defense. It was something we've been asking for, me especially, and I know Rod's been asking for it, and everybody's been asking for this Texas defense in the second half to be much more aggressive and go after quarterbacks that aren't t- top quarterbacks. They did it. Here's uh, some sound from Oklahoma with Ian Robbie, weekday morning, 6 to 11, right here on The Horn, talking about the aggressiveness of the Texas defense.
2: Let's start with the defense because... Defense was fantastic versus Texas Tech. One thing that I noticed and I brought this up on our own Texas... In-game live watch right up on the post game with my man Bobby Burton and Jerry Hamilton, too. I noticed how aggressive the scheme was versus Texas Tech and how aggressive the players were. The technique was even more aggressive. Now, it could have been. They just did not fear the Texas Tech receivers at all. Um, they knew the Texas, off- Texas Tech offensive line couldn't hold up. Um, so they figured, you know what? Let's be uber aggressive because they can't beat us. They can't burn us. We can gamble. We can roll the dice because they won't make us pay for it. That could have been the thought process. Um, But it still was risky. And Texas hadn't been this aggressive all year. I'll give you a couple of examples. So if you're looking at bump and run uh, press man coverage on the boundary side. Texas plays a lot of that. right? A lot of boundary press. That's your Ryan Watts on the uh, the short side of the field. But they rarely play it on the wide side. Sarkis wanted to play bump and run with both corners, short side and wide side, field and boundary, but they hadn't really been able to do it. Or at least they hadn't really decided to deploy that technique. Ryan Watts goes down early in that game. Right, and that was one of the concerns. He went down early in that game, and then they put in Malik Muhammad, uh, and they have Terrence Brooks in there. I think they brought in Gavin Holmes sometimes too in the rotation. But one thing I noticed a trend, and it's a it's a good one. Texas played a lot of bump and run press man both sides of the field, uh, field and boundary, and also wide and short. And it paid off big time for him. I mean, you're talking about them making splash plays. One of the interceptions um, came when both of the corners were in press man. That was that Terrence. Brooks interception. He also got a PBU out of it. And if you go look at the, I I went and looked at all of the snaps that I could actually track where they both both of the corners played press man. Where both corners were up playing press, and I ended up with them it with basically Texas <laughs> forcing incompletions. That's a PBU on interception on eight oh a little over eighteen percent of those throws were both corners were in press man, and that matches the completion percentage, which was also 18% um, when Texas had both corners in press man. So, you know, and, and yards per attempt, I think they got three total yards. I mean, they did not have any success when Texas was uber aggressive, putting both corners playing press. Now, like I said, it could just be the Texas Tech wide receivers aren't that good, and if that's the case, they wouldn't do that versus Oklahoma's wide receivers, or wouldn't do it versus U of H's wide receivers because they got more talent. Hell, maybe even TCU's wide receivers. Maybe they wouldn't do that. Uh, but maybe Texas can do it against Oklahoma State. So Oklahoma State doesn't have dynamic, explosive wide receivers on the outside. Um, their what Presley is their kind of explosive, you know, twitchy guy, and he's on the inside. So you could bracket the slot, bracket Presley. They'll move him around, but you can bracket him, and then you could play Pressman on the outside. You know Their receivers are more possession guys on the outside. Texas should be able to win. Very similar to some of Texas Tech receivers. I don't fear them, and I don't think Texas should. So we'll see if they deploy that technique. Remember, you're also going up against a run-heavy team. Tech coming into this game was a run-heavy, run-centric team. They had run the game, uh, run the ball 40 at least 40 times in four of the uh, prior six games before playing Texas. So they were a running team. That's why Texas, I think, deployed their press te- press technique on the outside and decided we're going to take those guys away and just play man coverage. And we're going to, you know, devote more bodies, single high, devote more bodies to stuff in the run. Now it didn't work all the time because Todd Brooks is a hell of a running back. Um, but when you look at the pass defense, Ian might be the best pass defensive performance of the season.
1: Yeah, and Baron Morton's a pretty you know adequate quarterback, and, um, and he's been a, a bit of a hot streak. And so yeah, to hold them to 88 yards passing, and the, the, that I think you asked the question that will. I mean, are, are the young corners gaining confidence to be able to come up and play that press and feel comfortable with it? Um, and and if they can, that that bodes well against Oklahoma State because you just said it; they don't have you know dynamic receivers as well. They got not a game breaker, uh, and you know that this happened after Ryan Watts got hurt, right? Ryan Watts got hurt yeah, on so the first play of the game, hurt. yeah. And Manny Muhammad, the freshman, came in, played great. Uh, Terrence Brooks on the other side. I mean, I thought all the corners and defensive backs were locked in uh, in that game, and it showed. It showed by the pass per yards. I mean, it was ridiculous. Where they have three yards
2: per pass. They actually two point four <laughs> yards per attempt for Baron Morton. Uh, but yeah, when Texas was aggressive, and I I think they can do it versus Oklahoma State. I don't know if you do it versus every team because I don't know if Texas has those those corners are, are ready yet to be consistent enough in their press technique. But right, Terrence Brooks, he's ready because Terrence Brooks is a technician's dad, played in the NFL. His dad's a DB footwork coach, uh, played at played with the Aggies. He actually is ready. He's pretty sound in his technique, no wasted, no wasted movement or wasted footwork. Um, I worry about Manny Muhammad just a little bit. He's great. He's a natural corner. He's a natural press corner. Um, and he's got great hips, so he's going to be fine. Um, but his eyes, because he's a ball hawk, his eyes wander. Uh, you even saw him on that play, right, when he gets the interception, his eyes are wandering. His eyes were wandering That's why the guy gets behind him Um, Thank God for Alfred Collins putting the pressure on Baron Morton And Baron Morton lofts it up there a little bit And allows him to use his make-up speed But even watch him Watch him on that play guys What is he tracking? Think about this The Keaton Crawford play Where he gets the P.I. And the Manny Muhammad play Where he gets the interception What's the difference? One guy's tracking the ball One guy's tracking the man Now I track the man So it it doesn't mean one technique is better than the other one But what did I tell you about Manny Muhammad? He's ball-oriented. He's a ball hawk. They think ball. So even when he gets beat, <laughs> he wasn't even thinking about the man. He wasn't tracking the man. He didn't, he didn't reacquire the man until he was already downfield with the ball. Some guys think ball. Now, that'll get you in trouble sometimes. He's going to get beat every now and then thinking ball, but he's going to make a lot of plays. And if I was a DB coach, I'd say, hey, man, I just need you to make more plays than you give up, son. If you Now, when you start giving up more plays than you make, then we're gonna have to have a talk. We're gonna have, to have a conversation. But if you're making more plays and you're giving up as a DB, man, these days in the spread era of football, you're winning. <laughs> you're winning. You're getting your hands on balls, and that's the main moment. He's a ball hawk, ball oriented guy. The more players you have like that on your defense, it'll help you. He'll—he's a high risk, kind of high reward player. Now he'll lower the risk. And remember Trevon Diggs? His first couple of years in the league, yep, he was high risk, high reward. He's gonna make a big play, but probably gonna get beat with a double move. Now. It was like now. He's hurt now. But as he got a little bit more uh, experience at playing the corner position and you saw him lower the risk factor and keep the high reward factor, that'll happen with Malik Muhammad. But early on, oh, he's tracking that ball. Ball. He's thinking ball. Some guy's thinking man, other guy's thinking ball. You need more players on your defense that think ball and not man. Keaton Crawford's a thinking man guy. He, Keaton Crawford was actually tracking the ball and then turns, start tracking the man because he's comfortable tracking the man. Instead of the ball. Manny Muhammad never looked at the man. Man went right behind him because he's comfortable looking at the quarterback and tracking the ball. Just two different types of uh, ways to play it. But Keaton Crawford ended up getting it P.I. And one guy ended up getting the interception.
1: And the Longhorn defense I mean? was uh, stifling, they allowing just seven points in that game. Special but, teams. But we
2: knew the rush defense was going to be spectacular. They've been like that all year long. We hadn't seen the pass defense this good.
1: Well, that's what I also thought on you know top I mean? of that. The pass we hadn't seen the pass
2: defense this good.
1: It hadn't. Uh, you know, all those in-breaking routes we've talked about. Gone. To, Target's uh, a
2: bunch. Gone. And PK, give him credit. He blitzed them all on third down. On third down, they either blitzed or played a, a double-press corners probably 70% of the time. They brought extra pressure and or – uh, bump both of their uh, bump both of the corners up to play press man that's more it's way more aggressive than they've been on third down and they're the best third down defense in the country by the way so ain't like they've been bad on third down it seems like now they're getting even more aggressive on third down
1: yeah which you know you like to see and that that pass rush was Overwhelming uh, yeah, for was, Texas Tech. They they were uh, really really good uh, in all phases there. Only as like we said, the only nitpick is you settle for five field goals, but your field goal kicker made all five. And he's uh, breaking records, breaking records. And I think
2: that's Sark being
1: humble, realizing what his team is. I
2: think he's being humble. Yeah, and, and it's a realization that you tried The reality you tried to fix these problems in the red zone. You have you've had all season to fix them, and in the last game of the season, you're still bad in the red zone. Just accept it. Sometimes you got to accept it. It is what it is. Take them points, and I think that's what you're saying from Sark.
0: Take them points. Good stuff from Ian Rod B. Also love the when the DB makes too many mistakes, you have to. Then you have to have the talk. That was what happened in uh, Las Vegas with Marcus Peters. Uh, been a good uh, DB for a long time. Was not playing great this season. Didn't want to tackle anybody. Just wanted to go for interceptions, basically, in PBU's. And uh, Antonio Pierce was not having that for Las Vegas, and so he gets uh, sent down and and benched. And then he complains about it, and he is no longer a Raider as of today. So that is a culture change happening in Vegas right now. But you like to see it. That's the reality is if you want to make those plays, if you want to be Duran Bland, go be Duran Bland. But uh, if you don't make those plays, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the the mood changes in the room. Uh, we got to take one more break before we get out of here. We'll come back, try and get to any more texts, and wrap things up here on the Sports Complex in the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com.
2: You're excluded.
0: Wrapping things up here on the Sports Complex on a Monday afternoon. Great conversations with you guys on the text line. Appreciate every single one of you for texting in. Uh, I did get a text, carry from Georgetown, was asking, "Has this been a good return on investment for us?" I'm not a hundred percent sure what you're asking, Carrie. I'm not sure if it's about, you know, long term or SARC or what. So, Carrie, save that question for tomorrow, please, because I like it. I like where you're headed, but I'm not sure where you're. He- I'm not sure exactly what you mean. So, if you send the man to me tomorrow. I will get into it more, I promise. But it's a good question. I'll get to it. Uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow. Hopefully, a big show Friday. We know the show moves four to six next week, five to seven this week, all right here on the horn. So uh, be kind, be safe, keep your underwear clean. We'll see right back here tomorrow, 5 p.m. on the horn for more of the sports complex.